Before we kick off, we need to quickly give you a fair warning. What's that, Jean? This podcast might contain some naughty words. It's uncut and since we're just chatting with people in a relaxed and honest way, there's a chance. There is a chance. This show's 99% clean, but every now and again, one of us gets excited and a word escapes our mouth, right? Exactly. So if you're listening to this on your morning school run, I'd probably switch to IABA podcast and hear straight from the mothership. Pure business analysis chatter, broadcast via the official podcast beam. Pew, pew. You're locked into 168FM and listening to Business Analysts on the Ground, the podcast that brings you dope conversations about everyday business analysis. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 with me, Jean. Me, Joe. And me, Eleanor. That's Eleanor, Eleanor Stowe, who's a business analyst with DWCC, also a public speaker, a mentor, and retired opera singer. Hello and welcome to the show, Eleanor. Hi, good to be here. Awesome. Great having you. So excited for this. Um, you know, if, uh, Eleanor and I met a, a couple of, well, a year or so ago um, in, in London, and it's, uh, it's been a good conversation leading up to this. So we're super happy to have you on the show, and it's uh, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we want to jump right into it and, uh, you know, create a bit of context and a bit of background for the people listening. So to kick things off, uh, you know, you want to tell us a little bit about Eleanor Stowe, uh, where did you grow up, you know, what was school and uni like for you and uh, what are you up to these days and where are you based? Oh, wow. So only my life story then, not the <laughs> truncated version. So I was born, so I'm from the UK. Um, I was born in Devon in the West Country, um, grew up uh, in Gloucestershire for a bit, um, went to university i actually went to a conservatoire uh, where you do where you sing or where i sing um you can play a musical instrument if you like uh, but uh, yeah so i did my degree in singing um at a essentially a performing school um in cardiff in wales um stayed there uh, and did a couple of different jobs worked on um websites for a bit so uh supporting websites was my first tech job um, and then I moved into um, working with the NHS as a support and business analyst and then um, worked for two years at Ovo Energy um, after having moved towards Bristol and I've just started a new <laughs> role uh, with DWCC as you say. Oh, okay nice awesome. that, 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 that's, that's quite a rocket of a career there what? isn't it? And I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> Zoom, zoom. Um, what did you want to be growing up? Any of those? <laughs> um, you know, I was asking myself that the other day. I couldn't remember. Um, I went through all kinds of different things. I couldn't, I, I don't think I ever sort of stuck on one idea, really. I was kind of going through all the different ideas in my head. Um, singing was the one that stuck out for longest um, as, a, as a teenager. Um, and it was the thing that I thought, I thought was a bit different 
because um, when I was doing my A-levels, um, which is which are sort of the, the later stage stuff you do at school, um, the three things I was doing were drama, um, music and maths. And my best A-level was actually in maths. I got very good marks in maths. Um, so I almost went down <laughs> maths route and then decided nice. to do music. And that's quite a contrast to subjects as well, yeah. isn't it? Sort of art, drama sort of and maths. We've got the creative and the logical, the left and the right brain going on there. <laughs> well, yeah, it was assuming it's anything's going at all or they balance each other out, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, Joe, it seems so. we're going to definitely need to lift uh, our game. Um, you know, professional singer and uh, apparently tons of experience behind the mic. We'll do our best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So this show is about sort of everyday analysis. That, that, that's the tagline. We, we just like to talk with um, people about sort of what goes on every day and just try and scratch a little bit below the surface, perhaps a bit deeper than we typically think about things. And the theme for this season that we're covering is lifestyle. And what we really mean by lifestyle is that things that are, are around us, everyday touch points, things that keep our world ticking along that we don't necessarily give much thought for apart from perhaps just have it, use it, consume it, etc. And, and, and I know that you used to work at over energy, right? And if I think about energy, it's, it's something that I, I probably need every second of every day, whether I'm awake <laughs> or whether I'm asleep, it's keeping me going, right? It, it, it's keeping my life um, in some semblance of normality, I suppose. So it's an everyday thing. And, and can you tell us a little bit about being a BA in the energy sector? What's, what's that like? Well, it's incredibly complicated. Um, <laughs> it, it really is. In the UK, it is anyway. Uh, the UK energy sector is very different from um, other energy industries in the world. Um, you could either call it a leader or, or I guess a, a blind leader. Um, <laughs> it's not, not all of the, um, all of the uh, ideas are good ones, but um, it is a, it's a very interesting place to be. And it's a very interesting place to be right now. Um, obviously the change towards more renewable energy. Um, you see that in all areas of the industry. Um, and that's very exciting. Uh, in terms of being a BA, um, there's so many different things. Um, and there's so much regulation as well. It's yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, compliance Sorry. must be a nightmare to deal with, right? <sighs> yeah, it really is. It's it's so weird because on one hand you've got you're in a private company, um, so you're there to make money at, at the end of the day, really. Um, but because um, energy is something is a commodity, it's something we all need, um, and it's it would be so unfair. Um, to restrict people who couldn't pay for energy from having energy. It's not something that our country um, would be okay with, and I certainly wouldn't be. Um, so you have to kind of balance that as a, as a private company. How do you both um, look after all of the people that are in the properties that you serve, whilst also making money out of the thing? Um, and the regulation pays a very big part of that. Um, there is an awful lot of regulation, particularly around that sort of thing. Um, it gets very, very, very detailed um, and it's very, very easy to mess up as there's been so many scandals uh, in the last 
couple of years i think we'll kind of energy industry is getting it wrong um, and it's because yeah. the regs are so so difficult um so that's where a lot of my um a lot of where i sat as a ba um it was a lot of figuring out what we're meant to be doing and trying to toe the line as much as possible <laughs> uh, i love how you, how you phrase that because it it's uh, you know the little bit i i have i previously come from from fintech and you know obviously money licensing and that sort of thing is is also got a pretty big regulation component um and i feel like some some days it's just about you know interpretation um and it's it's about how you phrase something and and you know just how you set that up um, something that you mentioned there, which which I, I I find quite interesting, is you you mentioned sort of this balance, you know, balance of um, I want to say pushing the corporate machine, you know, turning the coin around, and 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 also having a responsibility, or um, yeah, I think responsibility is the right word mm -hmm. here towards um, you know the customers that you serve. Um, you, you know, did, did you at any point, or you know, maybe still at this point, feel like you almost have this like I want to say social responsibility in terms of you know making an impact. Um, you know, as much as the, I want to say the, the, the regulations and the, the legal stuff around that allows you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so OVO particularly are very, very conscious of the uh, environmental issues that we have. Um, there, there's a lot of, um, possibility for there to be lots of, um, innovation in the area of, okay going down that route basically and um and over at the forefront of that um but also so is the government the government is um also trying to get people to get smart meters in their homes and then they have to set up a model that means that businesses can profit from doing that as well so it's not just the environmental side of things it's also the profit side and it's kind of a relationship really between the government and the suppliers to try and figure out what that looks like Mm. Yeah, and and from a social perspective, I mean, obviously climate's one thing, but the other thing that you touched on was just a responsibility to to the people of the UK, I guess, and affordability mm. and and access. So, it sounds like it's it's quite a lot to to balance in there. And and as Jean says, I mean, I think every industry is perhaps more regulated uh, than it than they've ever been before. And um, one of the things you said, sort of, uh, I think it was the first word you said when we asked about working there, was you said it's complicated. Um, <laughs> now this is where perhaps I want to scratch a little bit deeper. Like I said, um, you know, we often sit in interviews, right? And we've got somebody sat across from us who's asking us lots of questions about what we know, about what they do. And we're, we're trying to fake that we know more about um, what they do <laughs> than, than we probably actually do. Um, but what did you perhaps come to appreciate after, you know, working there for, for, you know, a little while, six months is typically the time when we're, when we're perhaps up to speed as it were. But what did you come to appreciate that perhaps you didn't know was going on when you were sat at the interview originally? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I think the, the vulnerable stuff. Um, so I, I worked on a project um, to look at our vulnerability processes and the way that we were handing vulnerability data. Uh, and that was really, that was one of my favorite um, areas for, for learning. And um, it's things like, um, there are so many different ways that you can be a vulnerable customer um, when it comes to your energy. So things such as um, being unable to reach your meter, um, having a poor okay. sense of smell actually makes you vulnerable because you can't smell if you've got a gas leak wow. um 
so there's quite it's a really really varied uh, bunch of people really that come under this vulnerable um tag for want of a better word and yeah. um they all need something different so the solution for somebody that can't smell their gas is going to be very different from the solution to someone that can't reach their meter or um uh, is dependent on their electricity supply so if it turned off they'd be stuck on a chairlift halfway up the stairs or oh. yeah there's, there's so many different ways that it that, that it affects amazing. people yeah well um, i mean that is yeah. amazing i mean the first my, my mind immediately if you say vulnerable i think age i think financial i mean those are obviously like yeah. the the, yeah. the go-to too and yeah i have not considered somebody with a lack of smell or or, or you know hanging on a chairlift you know and and living alone probably as well in that which means people actually aren't going to know you're there for a little while yeah absolutely um people with small children as well uh you can't have your energy being cut off really um there's yeah absolutely so many different ways that you can be vulnerable uh, if you're an energy or water customer as well yeah uh, so super layered that like i was i was immediately when you like got went to that i was thinking like oh that just puts a different spin on like any form of usability study right i mean yeah. you design an app for someone who's colorblind and you know it's like oh well they're not going to use it but I mean, you design something that doesn't, you know, speak to the, the, the customers or the, the vulnerability needs of people like that. And I mean, you could end up costing people their lives and, you know, probably costing a, a, an entire business its, uh, its income stream because they'd probably be sued for like years and years to come. Mm, absolutely. Wow. And the other thing with energy is that um, you can't, you, you don't always sell directly to a customer because quite often your oh, uh, yeah. customer is somebody who's moved into a property. So then you have no idea how to look after this person unless they tell you. Um, so there's all kinds of, while um, Ovo and all other energy suppliers will have in their mind what an ideal customer looks like, who they're marketing to, like, hmm a good proportion of their customers will end up being people that are complete random people that have just entered into their properties. Um, so you can't Great just go, Oh, I'm going to make it for this kind of person. <laughs> Be like, yeah, but what if, what if all this other stuff, and you go into so many exceptions, <laughs> spent a lot of time exception handling. <laughs> I can just imagine. Uh, it's crazy. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to, like I want to catch on to something that that I think speaks to to everything that you've just said. You know, it definitely sounds like there's um, at least in in that space a lot of regulation and like structure and, and detail stuff. Um, you know, and I, I want to make some I want to do the bad BA thing and and make some assumptions here. But I, I think you need to be a, a specific type of type of person to to deal with that well and you know to sort of dig into that and. Um, and, and get passionate about it. So, um, you know, just a little bit of uh, context for our listeners. Like I said earlier, you know, the two of us, we, we met, uh, I think, sometime last year in the UK, both of us as, uh, as first-time speakers at a, at a conference, which was really good. And, you know, I had the, I had the privilege, I want to say, to, to hear you um, speak on, on stage and, and share some, you know, really, like, powerful personal stories. Um, uh, I want to dig into a little bit of habits now. You know, I know you've got some specific things around, um, I want to say, mindfulness and, and awareness, um, specific structures in your life, um, which I think mm -hmm. fits the the whole regulation and like, you know, structuredness of, of some of the stuff you've done before. Um, you know, would, would you be comfortable maybe speaking to a little bit of, of those things? And, and, and if, you, if you're happy to share maybe a little bit of the backstory about, you know, how those things got built into your life? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's quite a long story. <laughs> um, 
possibly not going back as far as the one that started with where I was born, but um, <laughs> not far off maybe. Um, yeah, I, I'd struggled with mental health for quite a lot of my life. Um, I didn't come from a particularly, um, or I had a, a difficult childhood. Um, and then moving into a performance industry is very, very hard. Um, there's an awful lot of stress. It's and it's just it's just a very very tough job um yeah. and then all the other jobs as well on top of that of course everything has its own um issue but so yeah. for me when i was working in um, performance industry um i was dealing with some of this as part of performance so um you kind of have to as a performer you've got to be able to control your nerves you you don't want to have stage yeah. fright um for a singer for me it um i always found that if i was too stressed too nervous i couldn't breathe very well um which would mean that months of practice would kind of go down the toilet in performance or at least <laughs> the first few minutes of performance because yeah. you just can't breathe can't sing um so i did a lot of work in that kind of performance um sort of anxiety um which i probably these days call stress really yeah. um and it wasn't until um, two years ago, year and a half maybe, I realized that um, I didn't just have this sort of reaction in this performance situation. I always had this undercurrent of doubt, this undercurrent of anxiety. Um, and it actually was real, really eye-opening for me that I'd, for as long as I could remember, always had these nerves um, that were essentially getting in the way of my happiness really. Um, and yeah, so this is where kind of the mindfulness came nice. in. Um, this is where I sort of started trying, trying that out. Um, so obviously I already had this big toolkit of dealing with, with, um, <laughs> with, with mental health Breathing issues generally. Exercises and <laughs> yeah. things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I don't then know I much just... about singing, but I, I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen, you know, a couple of like documentaries and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, well, the strange thing was actually with all the breathing stuff is that I used to get very anxious breathing because I had in my head what good breathing is like, like oh. I've got all the mechanics going around. So so people would be like oh just breathe and i'd be there like but how what am i meant to be doing am i breathing into my rib cage am i breathing into why are you telling me to breathe into my diaphragm it's not right um <laughs> but um <laughs> so i had all this technique going in my head instead um anyway that that aside yeah so i started meditating regularly um and that in itself has been a bit of a journey um sort of finding what what really works for me um i think mindfulness and meditation um it's not just about sitting in a room quietly um it's about awareness and awareness takes so many forms and has so many layers to it in terms of figuring out sort of who you are and how you really feel about something not not how you want to feel um yeah. and like how you feel about how you feel about things so do you feel <laughs> well, <laughs> so if, if you if you're in a difficult situation you're like oh you know i should deal with this better then you've got to notice that you're berating yourself for how you're feeling and be like hey no it's okay I'm, I'm human I'm like this is a perfectly natural way to react to things um yeah. but you can't do that unless you realize what's actually going on in your head this this yeah. is such an important conversation um I mean thank thank you for sharing this uh and what I'm about to say I'm going to follow up to make it sound less harsh but Anxiety is something that I can't empathize with. 
Okay, as I say, I'm going to follow up to make it better because I think sympath I can sympathize with it, but I think sympathy is about imagining. So I can imagine what it's like to be anxious. But for me, empathy is about knowing. It's about being able to mm. say, I've had that feeling too. And I've been fortunate in the fact that I'm not somebody who gets anxious, but I, I, I have family members and friends who, who have you know, mental health um, things that they need to deal with. And they also have anxiety and depression and, and things along that line. And I, and I, and I personally struggle to empathize because it's something that, that I'm not in touch with and haven't been in touch with. Um, and I often wonder when I see it in the workplace, I often think people are quick to judge and they don't recognize it as anxiety. Yep. They see it as something else. And that's something else that they see it as is usually poor performance in some way or just not being up to the job or whatever it is. Um, how can, and it's a bit of a double barreled question here, I guess, but for people who do suffer for, with anxiety in the workplace, what can they do to help communicate to other people what's happening? And for people who are working with people who are anxious, what can they do to better empathize with what's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a yeah, interesting question. I think the thing with anxiety is that for different people, it takes different forms um, yeah. and people are anxious about different things, um, which makes it very difficult if you have anxiety or for a lot of people who have anxiety to talk about it. Um, yeah, so it's it's very difficult question to answer from that perspective because I think it's going to be different for the individual. Okay. Um, and the context changes the context yeah. changes yeah. the conversation right yeah absolutely um and yeah it depends what it is that's that's made them mm. feel anxious in the first place um i think personally i'm i'm terrible at dealing with this kind of oh i'm getting better i used to be terrible at dealing with actually telling people how i felt at the time um partially from that awareness side of things and, and wanting to yeah. feel okay um, and not wanting to really admit it to myself, uh, let alone to other people. Um, so that is, that's really hard. And that's, I don't know if that's something that you can really influence an awful lot from the outside other than if you do notice it to just yeah. poach it, I'd say, rather than, yeah. rather than tell people. See if you can coach it out of them. <laughs> and as you as you were talking there, I was thinking, you know, you said it, it's difficult to tell people how you feel. And actually, that's true for everybody, no matter yep. who they are and who they're talking to about what. We all find it difficult to tell people what we feel. So, yeah, as you say, coach it. I think that's good advice. But perhaps being able to recognize that actually that someone is suffering from some anxiety as opposed to just not being very good or whatever the typical a lot of it comes down to just kind of assuming the best of people yeah. as much as you possibly can which is what i Life i try thought. yeah i i try and i try and come into the attitude come into work with the attitude that everyone is trying to do their best it's the um agile right. prime directive yeah. um, assume positive intent right yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's trying to do the best that they can with the skills and ex knowledge and experience that they currently have or whatever it is. I can't quote it. But um, yeah. yeah, that's what I assume. Yeah. And if, if there's something in the way of that, then that means that um, there's some kind of blocker, whether it's personal, whether it's um, something in the environment, whatever it is, it kind of it almost doesn't matter. It, just objectively, it's a blocker. And 
if I'm if I'm part of this team, I'm going to do my best to try and get rid of that blocker in whatever way that 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 matters in the in the way that I can, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, whether that is just a case of sitting with them and, and saying, you know, you're not is what can I just what can I do? What can I do to help? Um, and then if things really hit the fan, if they really, really, really are playing up because they're really, really, really are actually being mean, then maybe I might get angry. But generally, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll try yeah. and be as nice and as forgiving as possible and supportive. Um, and, I, yes. and people respect that as well. Then they try, then they try harder for you too. Um, I'm terrible at making people do things for me. So this is all I've got. Yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. It's, uh, I think it's a, like Joe said, it's a powerful message, and I, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the sort of things we, we, we need to talk about. Like, um, you know, we're all under different pressures. Um, you know, I can definitely relate. Um, you know, having had this conversation with you before, and, and I think some of the, like, the powerful things about our conversations, and you know, hearing you speak on stage, and, and even now revisiting that topic is, is, um, you know, knowing that it's okay. Um, I think this job often just expects you to, to just, you know, shut up and, and mm. continue forwards. Um, and I, I think it's it's sometimes a, a good thing to to take stock. Um, and, and I love the way you, you speak about that as a journey because it's it's not just this like simple thing. It's not just this, you know, now it's now it's green and now it's red. Um, you know, it's it's something that you continuously work at and, and you know, continue to grow from, um, which I love. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It's a really powerful message. Yeah, and then there was another message in there too, which you said, um, you, you recalled it from Agile. I, I recall it from a book uh, by Marcus Buckingham uh, called Find Your Strengths, I think it was, which is that actually everybody comes to work and they want to do a good job. Uh, and it's as simple as that. Nobody's really there to skirt and mess about. Um, it, it's sort of harder to avoid work than it is to do work. So so we just got to believe in, in people's <laughs> intentions, really. Um, but on, on, on that sort of uh, wave of wanting to do a good job, I'm interested in challenges that, that you're facing in, in your job now and um, what you're doing to overcome it. So, so what are you facing and, and how are you trying to get through it? So, I've, uh, so as we mentioned earlier, I started a job very recently. Uh, I think I'm on week six or seven. Um, and it's been a couple of years since I started a new job, actually. Um, so uh, remembering how to start a new job is a bit weird. Yeah, um, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you kind of you go into it, you're like, oh, it's just like another project. You just learn all the, you know, who all the stakeholders are, what's going on, and then we'll fix it. And then you're like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> what do all <laughs> the acronyms mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like this person's been saying this word for the last four weeks, and I've been thinking it's meant this thing, but it's actually been meaning this other thing, um, or it's meant both of them. And I've just got it wrong out of context. Um, so that's been quite quite fun, quite interesting. Um, the company that I'm working for, DWCC, um, they're at the point where uh, they're just about to start um, growing, scaling up. Um, so they're kind of they're at this not quite not teething. Teething is the wrong word, but um, they're at this point where they've um, got their business model up to a really really good place. Um, and they now need to kind of put this operational um, box and uh, supportive box around it. Um, 
so I'm kind of it's not only that I'm helping out with certain projects but I'm also trying to help to establish what my team looks like as well um, and that in itself is quite um, it is challenging and in, in a really good way um, but trying to figure out sort of who's in the team who's who's on the ex outside of the team who uh, what all the different roles and responsibilities are and of course being being a smaller companies people are still doing parts of their their old job in the company as well um, so how we want to communicate um, trying to teach people a little bit as well about different best practices and all that kind of stuff um, so yeah it's been it, it is a challenge uh, it's very Big much change of scenery right <laughs> absolutely yeah very very much so um and just at the moment i'm just trying to have to like roll with the punches really just like just relax and and know that there's some things yeah. in my head that i want to get done but to let them sort of unfold naturally rather than just going in there and staking my claim and making one stuff happen time. my way. One day at a time. Absolutely. <laughs> and we, we, we introduced you as a, as a business analyst, but uh, I know that your sort of title is business analyst slash service designer, isn't it? So is that where that service design is coming in when packaging this sort of service and who's who and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely um, a part of it. I think that's the step one. Um, it's hopefully in the future, once once we've sorted all this stuff out, um, it might start looking at um, some other things, uh, looking, going from the um, design thinking kind of perspective and, and the service design perspective and looking at the full journey of the customer and of our employees and seeing sort of where the processes in the background can um, can help them where the systems can help them um, at the moment it, it's kind of all quite reactive um, but that's where I'd like to be uh, in a few months time okay and I, I'm reminded with uh, you've both actually recently started new jobs in the not too distant past and I remind and I'm reminded of a tweet I think that you put out Jean that basically said I'm starting a new company what three things should I ask so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your <laughs> no. question from Twitter uh, <laughs> and good. ask you, Elena. So so what what were like the, what did you feel were the, the most important things to to know first at a new place of work? Mm. I think understanding the way that the business is um, put together. I think understanding what all the sort of big areas are um, and what they do uh, is very key um so that's one right that's two um understanding how the business makes money um is super key for us as business analysts um ooh, what's the three um i guess trying to i think understanding who who is who are your key stakeholders and not just who are your key stakeholders for your business but also who who are the people who are going to support you um who are the people who you can turn to who are the people who have all these different bits of knowledge um maybe sme in one area of the business and sme in the other um finding out who these people are um so that because you're obviously going to struggle at some point you need mm. to have you need to know where to turn to that's really nice. Yeah, no, I, th I think, as you say, we perhaps think of stakeholders. Bloody good advice. It is, isn't it? <laughs> we think of stakeholders as being the, uh, the, the ones that we've obviously got to produce for, but knowing who's got your back and who can support you in a time of need is, um, yeah, wonderful to get to know that. 
I think that that was really powerful. You know, it's like always this, I think it's what product people, product process, um, you know, and I, mm. I think, you know, the product and the process, like those things, I want to say they're malleable, but the people, the people are the important part. Uh, I think you, 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 you know, sort of mentioned there, like, you know, what makes people tick and, and almost like speaking to the individuality of the people you need to deal with. And I think that's, that's super powerful. Um, it's a, it's actually a, a decent, decent segue speaking about like understanding people and, you know, what makes them tick. Um, you know, uh, Eleanor Stowe, um, you know, the future, you've, uh, you've definitely mentioned some, some really interesting things. Um, you know, you've, uh, I think teased our listeners a bit with uh, your background about operatic singing. Um, you know, I, I believe, and I, I might be mistaken here, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you performed at the BBC proms. Now, yes. Now Joe, Joe, Joe's a pom, so he's, he's going to understand it. You know, <laughs> I remember last night at the proms. Him, but... Yeah, I was like, uh... <laughs> Uh, my parents well, for those that, that don't it was a know, big night. Yeah, for those that don't know, like if I'm correct in saying, I think it's like an eight week or like 10 week summer season of just, you know, classical music concerts. It's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's more than that. It would be something like three months, I think, oh. maybe more. I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't That's do the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> I only did sort of, uh, I've done a, a couple of concerts in each season. I've not, okay. <laughs> definitely, yeah, I've not done like sort of once a week or anything. Um, oh, but one thing is certain, like that's a hell of a long way away from business analysis, right? So, <laughs> so the, the question I have for you is like, you know, what does the future hold? Are you, are you, are you going to pivot again? You know, you're going to, you're going to try and dig into something new or are you now, uh, you know, BA for life? Oh, um, I'm not sure. I kind of, Recently, I've been looking at um, the disciplines that are quite close to business analysis because there's a lot that I really like about business analysis. But in reality, I'm not that detailed or I, I can be. I am detailed. Like I did all the regulatory stuff, um, <laughs> but it was quite boring. And okay. I'm not like I'm not really um, up for doing Super that passionate forever and about ever. It, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm much more as you've as you've talked about. I'm much more about the people, really. Um, very interested in in the design world and in um, sort of agile and product side of things. Um, but I'm still also. I, th I think every job is going to be very different. Um, I think it's just about um, doing what feels right at the time to an extent. I like that. I think, I think we, Joe, you and I, we, we speak about this topic often, you know, I think business analysis specifically, I think uh, a lot of the time people are making it about the role uh, and it's such a, it's such a vast domain. It's such a, you know, um, I want to say unique skill set in that it touches so many different things. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that I love about it, you know, about business analysis as a skill set, um, less so than, than the role itself. Uh, you know, touching different industries and things. So, so that, that's, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you mentioned some of the design thinking stuff as well, which is something I'm quite passionate about. So it definitely opens a couple of uh, new doors for you there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go. No, sorry. Um, so uh, what, what we were talking offline with, with um, Hester, who was the guest on the previous uh, episode, uh, last time. And one of the things we're saying, I mean, on, on the show, we, we sort of pretty much ask the same question of every guest. We ask it in different ways, but it's sort of, who are you? What do you do? How did you get there? How are you finding it? 
what wrong turns did you take? It, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a similar narrative, but in everyone that we speak to, it's a completely different story. Even though everybody shares the same job title, um, it, it, it's all slightly different. And I think as, as certainly as the profession develops, we're getting more and more niche sort of roles, you know, that are, mm. that are, that are appearing. So, yeah, so I think there's uh, lots of rabbit holes that we can each explore in our careers. Um, and talking of the future, talking of careers and what's coming, one of the quotes that I, I remember from the last few years is that we can, ex you know, we're going to experience a lot of change. And I think we can feel that happening all around us every day. But they say that there's going to be more change in the next 50 years than there has been in the last 10,000 years. And, you know, if you glance at movies, there's always some tease of some future technology that's coming, you know, invisible cloaks or 3D printing bones that have broken or holograms from projector phones. Um, but in t terms of this promise, uh, what future promise of change would you be most excited for to come along and sort of make your life a little more interesting? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I have no the idea. Invisibility cloak sounds bloody awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, see, I'm just thinking back to the future. Um, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I don't want a hoverboard. I would definitely die if I had a hoverboard. <laughs> um, oh, uh, what would make my life interesting? Um, yeah, I think, I think if we could revolutionize travel, um, okay. I think we're getting to this point where, um, so, I mean, this is, this is partially because, uh, you know, I mentioned before I, I didn't come, I, I didn't have the best childhood and I didn't get to travel as much of, as a lot of people. Um, and, uh, so I'm getting to this point where it's like, I'm finally feeling sort of secure enough, um, in my finances to do more traveling. And, um, and at the same time, particularly when I was working at Ovo, you're hearing all this terrible stuff about the environment from traveling. So you're like, oh, I can oh, finally wow. do it. But I definitely feel really guilty about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it'd be awesome if we had um, if we had better ways of traveling um, that were, you know, ticked all the boxes, really. Um, that I'd be really excited for. Yeah, no, no, you started off saying I've got nothing and then you came out with the most um, awesome answer. I mean, if we could revolutionize <laughs> travel, I mean, that would fundamentally, awesome. <laughs> fundamentally change everything. I mean, my, my son would be dead happy with time portals, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what he wants, teleport. You know? Teleport is yeah. the way to go. I would be dead happy with, with the time portal. Like I have a two and a half year old. He does not travel well and we, we quite like traveling. So that would definitely be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throw the car seat out the window. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's cool. Um, I want to move on to a, a little tradition that we have on the show, Eleanor, which is called the, the seeded question. So as I said earlier, our previous guest was uh, Hester and, and she's passed on a question to us that she would like us to ask you. And so I'm, I'm just going to read it out as, as she asked us to ask it. She says, uh, what do you consider to be the most crucial trait a BA should bring to the table? And how do you personally fulfill this? Um, so I think probably the most crucial trait and we've kind of talked about it a bit already um is it is self-awareness um but in terms of the ba perspective i think 
the bit the thing that's um often tripped me up has been um when i've i've had an instinct that something is wrong or i have an instinct that there is something that needs fixing or, or something we shouldn't do it this way or something like that and i and it's it's so um it's something that i i don't even really notice it's there or, or i haven't done in the past or i've or i've doubted myself and i've just gone no you know these people know it better they know their business better than i do let's let's do it their way um and I think pretty much every time several weeks later it's come out um this thing that I've kind of barely registered for myself and I'm just like oh I wish I'd said something yeah. you know um and uh, I think I think yeah being able to really um if you have a warning bell like really listen to it and really try and figure out what it's trying to tell you um even if it's like the vaguest sort of feeling of, of, of anxiety or, or worry or something. Um, it might be that it's nothing, but it might be that it's a huge risk that um, you're picking up because your spidey senses are telling you and you yeah. really need to look at it. Um, yeah, Such I'd say that's... Advice. Such sound <laughs> advice. No, very difficult to do though. <laughs> it, it, it is, and I think it's, it's, it's almost back to that speaking up, right? And telling people not just yeah. what we feel, but what we think. And, you know, raising mm -hmm. your hands, particularly when you're new in an organization as well, and there, there's so much around you, so much that's gone on, and you think, nah, you know, it's, I'm just going to look a bit foolish here, really. So mm -hmm. I'll rather keep quiet. But, yeah, no, I think being able to... Um, tune into our gut and our instinct and, and be able to use that to, is wonderful, mm, wonderful and having the courage to, to yeah. say it back well. yourself right yeah definitely mm, absolutely that's awesome well you've uh, you've uh, you've spoken to a, a subject that's pretty close to my heart the traveling um you know we we're getting into i want to say the the funner stuff not that damn rest wasn't fun um you know we, we're trying to um, to dig into one or two um you know questions about you and and, and stuff you're keen on so you mentioned traveling um definitely a, a a big passion of mine as well so i'd love to know like you know what's what's on your what's on your list uh you know number i want to say number one you know but uh, you you've probably thought about it a little bit deeper than that so if you got a one two and three we'd be happy to take those and 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 why specifically those those countries or those places so um i'd love to spend um a good amount of time um in the germanic alps um partially for skiing um because i've kind of i've gotten into skiing but i only ever spend a week out there every year and you, you spend the whole week being like oh now i remember how to do this and then you get to the end and you're like oh now i've got to try and remember it for the next year um <laughs> pizza slice <laughs> well <laughs> a bit for ahead of the pizza least. slice <laughs> Uh, trying not to do the pizza slices. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think like actually like drilling down into that, um, the reason why I say the Germanic side is uh, just because um, I've learned a lot of the German language um, just because um, <laughs> as a singer, you end up, as an operatic singer, you end up going into languages and, and I, I ended up with this um, habit of doing have you heard of the app Duolingo? Um, oh yeah, they give yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. They they um they tell you what your streak is if you do it daily, and I've got something like an eight hundred and something or other <laughs> streak because <laughs> um, wow. I did it every every morning on my on my commute. Um, so I'd love to just like really consolidate that knowledge and and um and be a bit more fluent with it. Um, 
so that's kind of number one. Um, I've never actually been outside of Europe. Um, so I'd love to say go to Japan. Um, nice. I, I imagine it's switch just it so up sick. completely, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's just so so different and such an interesting culture. Um, and then I, yeah, I'm not sure on three. Three would be something like South America, or I don't know. Again, because very different. Since culture. South, we were waiting for South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever fly fly across this way, you know we'd we'd be happy to have you. Mm. Oh, well, amazing awesome. history as well. I love history too. So yeah, anywhere I can go and look at. Um, interesting old things is oh, good. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah Traveling that, changes your perspective, right? That's such a powerful absolutely. thing. Doesn't it? A lot of different nice. language, lots of different culture there. So I mean, that that's that's a nice mix. Um, as Sean said, we're sort of reaching the the tail end of this, and we have something now called the Quick Fire Nine. Okay, so the Quick Fire Nine is we're going to give you uh, nine choices of two. So. Quite simply, you have to pick one of them. You cannot pass. You cannot say option C or blend them in any way. <laughs> you have to just pick your first response, and it might be something like black or white, you know, rich mm -hmm. or poor. You, you just mm -hmm. pick, the, pick the one, okay? And, and we're just going to whiz through this, okay? And um, I guess there's a bit of psychology in the answer, but uh, so, so let's see what happens. Opera or hip-hop? <laughs> well opera obviously <laughs> open question or closed question open question ssadm or uml uh i don't know ssadm do you know i don't think so i have to go uml i don't think i do which what is it structured structured systems and design uh, methodology okay yeah. yeah no i've not done that hand in hand with prince too okay marathon or half marathon uh, well, half marathon is what I can do. So okay. <laughs> Bells or whistles? Bells, I think. City <laughs> life or country life? And I can't pick in between. Uh, country life, I think. Arsenal or Liverpool? <laughs> Pff, don't really care. Uh, <laughs> um, Arsenal, I guess. Business smart or smart casual? Smart casual. Westlife or Spice Girls? Spice Girls. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All day long. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not all day long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, Joe, mate, got to say, I think the score's at 4-2 now. Arsenal 4-2, yeah. Leading as we go into I the break. I definitely, definitely picked that randomly. I picked it because it was Southern and therefore I thought it was kind of a bit closer to me, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I you don't need to explain. It's, <laughs> it's, it, you, you know, you were speaking about the spidey sense earlier, you know, and it's sometimes you just got to trust the gut. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually hoping a bit of that West England was going to like pull you into <laughs> Liverpool, but anyway. I, well, anyway. I've, I have gone past us, the stadium where they are. I don't even know what it's called, mm. but I've gone past <laughs> it in the train and I've seen it. So I can, okay. I, I have like some reference point really. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we, like Joe said, you know, we're getting into the tail end of this. Um, you know, one thing that's, uh, that, that we've obviously alluded to is, is the seeded question. Um, you know, so it's a bit of a, 
uh, pay it forward. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, obviously for our next guest, you know, we, we know you've got a bit of a question. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hoping you remember it so that you can uh, rephrase it for us. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I remember it, us, it took me ages to down on paper. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll pay it forward to our next guest on behalf of Eleanor and uh, she can Thank confirm you. whether this question was actually legitimately hers or whether we made this up. Um, it said anyone searching for BA roles will be overwhelmed with the huge variety of roles that exist out there today. Uh, if you were looking for a specific BA role, what would be your gold stars or your red flags? Um, and uh, yeah, maybe you can, uh, you can just some context around. Oh yeah. Um, so um, obviously just started a new role. So um, it wasn't long ago that I was looking at a few, um, a few different roles. Uh, role specs on indeed or whatever and um yeah it's um i think there's there's a lot of variety out there um there's a lot of roles that i looked at and i just thought oh this just looks so boring it looks like all the other ones um and there are some really generic ones but then there's some that are just so different and um have different elements of different um disciplines in them not just business analysis bits of project management um and so I think it's, it's really, I think we're in an interesting place um, when it comes to job roles in business analysis and the associated disciplines. Um, and I think there can probably be quite a lot to improve that, to be honest, um, which is kind of where I, I thought of that because I thought actually if I wanted to for a new role, I'd probably type in business analysis and spend I don't know, a couple of hours looking through those roles and then I type in product manager and then I type in product owner and then I type in <laughs> and you'd just be there, there for hours going through. And it's like, and, and yeah, a, a good, a role that might suit you as a product owner and a role that might suit you as a business analyst. Like they, and then you could have business analyst roles that don't suit you. And it's, it's such a crazy world. I think if you're trying to look for a new role right now. Um, yeah. So yeah I think it'd just be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, with, with all of this as well, is that you've got your fingers crossed that the description you're reading is reflective of the job that's actually on offer at that company. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you get to the interview, they say something else. And you're like, OK. Yeah. <laughs> those, can, those can be pretty misleading. Um, yeah, mm. it's, it's a really good question. I'm looking forward to hearing the answer for that going to solve a lot of our problems if, if, yeah, <laughs> if our so. next guest is able to answer that well. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's been so good. Um, it, we touched on so many things. It's like, it feels like I just want to, you know, grab a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, come back for more and, and dig into this a little bit more. Um, you know, but, but an important thing is, uh, you know, this, this show and, and, and this pod is, is all about the people we speak to, um, you know, about also giving a platform and, and some appreciation for the, for the good work that, um, you know, people in the industry do and, and you specifically. So, so thanks for, you know, giving us your time and giving us your sharing your story and sharing your insights. Um, you know, if people want to, want to get in touch with you, um, you know, if they want to reach out, maybe, you know, ask specific questions or, or just touch base with you. Um, you know, where, where can they do that? Do you, do you have any specific preference around like social platforms or what would be the best way to reach you either professionally or personally, um, depending on your comfort level? Sure. Um, so uh, the three are probably 
um, Twitter. So I'm the singing BA uh, on Twitter. Um, LinkedIn, uh, I'm just Eleanor Stowe on LinkedIn. Uh, and I've got a website which I launched in March. So that's uh, new and shiny, um, nice. eleanorstowe.com. Okay. Eleanorstowe.com, dope. Okay, can, I check one, <laughs> can I check one more in as well? Because um, in, in, in researching this show and, you know, sort of clicking through, I came across SoundCloud. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and and whilst i'm i actually trying, have two sound files because i couldn't figure out how to log in on my old one so <laughs> I, I, I uploaded it on a new one and became a follower uh, <laughs> okay. well i, I well, while i was crafting the questions for you this afternoon and just running over a few last minute things i was i think this is how i pronounce it but i was listening to debussy apparition and uh, mm -hmm. I must say, it was wonderful. I was blown away. So I think we'll, we'll have to stick a link to the Singing BA's SoundCloud page in the show notes too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Apparition, is, it's a beautiful, beautiful poem as well in French. Um, yeah, really lovely piece. Yeah, nice. it was. That's the yeah. least we can do. Oh, I'm going to give that a spin when we get off this for sure. Now. Joe, you it's not hip-hop, just so you know. <laughs> it's not hip-hop. <laughs> I can appreciate good music wherever I go. <laughs> awesome. Eleanor, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. Um, you know, thank you for, for what you also put back into the industry. You know, I know you're passionate about mentoring and, you know, also helping other people, you know, just push themselves and, and reach for those, those big hairy goals as, as we call them here on the show. Um, it's been brilliant spending time with you and, uh, you know, we, we wish you well and uh, we look forward to, to continue this conversation on, you know, various other platforms and mediums. And uh, thank you for your time and, and thank you for sharing, sharing your story with us. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for asking me to come on. It's been, it's been brilliant. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I know my my cheeks are beginning. I don't know why I feel like I'm on camera and my cheeks are like I'm trying to smile smile and it's, it is a genuine smile but it's still twitching. So I've just been sitting here like twitching with my smile. We couldn't tell. So don't worry. <laughs>